When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. Hey, keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south on a bunch. Can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again. Twist a little bit of teeth because it got big skin. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to After the Snap. I'm Blake Ferguson, long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. I'm joined by my lovely co-host and brother, Reed Ferguson, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. We are also joined today by Daddy Brett. Daddy Brett is in the house. You have Mr. Kurt Ozon to thank for that nickname, I think. 100% it is Kurt's fault that I am Daddy Brett. I was not aware of that nickname. Oh, yeah, that's that's my nickname. Later in the episode, we have Los Angeles Rams long snapper and Super Bowl champ Matt Orzik joining us to talk all things Super Bowl and his journey to get to where he is now. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. Before we do, let's talk here and now. We just wrapped up Super Bowl week. It was an unbelievable game. Even better halftime show. Reed, you were here joining me, and Brett, obviously you were here as well. What was your guys' favorite part of the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, me and uh, Daddy Brett were yeah, – uh, Yeah, we did come through. Uh, we swung through the uh, the Ferguson crib on our road trip. But, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a great game. Uh, but I think my official answer until we play in a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, I think my f- official answer, the favorite part about the Super Bowl, uh, is going to be the halftime show. I think this year I could say that more than any other year since I've been in the league because this was without a doubt my favorite halftime show. Um, they did a great job. They could have, e- you know, they could have easily paid a ton of money and gotten all these big names and kind of not it, – it could have been like a kind of dud of a performance. But I think they really they really did a great job of accentuating each person's the song, kind of the theme of each of each deal, 50 cent, uh, or should I say uh, dollars uh, hanging upside down. Um, that boy Definitely built like – that boy built like a linebacker now. So yeah, no, I, I would say the halftime show. Like Bill like a three technique now. Yeah, the halftime show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, not too far. <laughs> yeah, the halftime show would be my favorite. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Half-time yeah, the halftime show. show was amazing. I had, you guys know him, but I do not. But uh, I thought seeing Odell Beckham get hurt was obviously a huge bummer. But seeing the emotions he had at the end of the game was kind of cool for me. Like. I think he gets a lot of opinions about him, good or bad. But I thought seeing him so overcome with emotions, I thought that was probably the coolest football moment in the game for me. Um, you know, 
I thought, yeah, that clearly meant a lot to him. And going through that injury is going to be a really long haul and a major problem. But seeing that bright spot was pretty cool to watch. Just going back. What was to, your favorite part? I think going back to the halftime show for just a moment, I don't know that I've ever danced during a halftime show or like found myself like rocking back and forth to the beat of whatever song I was doing that this year. We talked about this before when they announced the Super Bowl halftime show, who was doing it. We talked about how Prince was our favorite and like all time, you know, best halftime show it for us was Prince. I, during that, during his performance, I wasn't like dancing along and like, you know, rocking with the rocking with the show. I found myself doing that on Sunday, like every single song, including the like Mary J Blige strutting up and down with her like bejeweled knee high boots on. Like I think top to bottom, it was amazing. Flawless. What I think was cool is that like, I thought when they announced that they were going to like have those people come in and they'd be like, you know, the sprinkles on top and most of it would be like young, new artists. You know what I mean? It's like a concert where it's like, Hey, you want to see these people? You got to sit through these eight other people first. And instead it wasn't, it was just like all millennials who are now basically boomer content. And so it was just all old, old musicians playing old songs. I didn't have to listen to some like new remix or something. And then yeah, Dre playing the piano and all that. It was, that was awesome. Well, the last thing that I want to mention before we get into our interview with Matt Orzik, Super Bowl champ, producer Chris had mentioned a few times on the pod that when you and all of us are in town, we needed to go by Martin's restaurant. He ranked their in Atlanta. Yes, in town in Atlanta. He mentioned that their chicken biscuit is higher rate higher ranked than chick-fil-a reed brett i all had one and i'll let you guys go first on your official unofficial martin's chicken biscuit review so first off i'm a reformed northerner i have moved to the south now and i am enjoying southern food more than i probably should but southern food is clearly the best food ever right but I feel like a lot of times there's like people say like, this is the best, this is the best, whatever. That chicken biscuit was incredible. Like Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits are very good. And I wholeheartedly love Chick-fil-A. And I admittedly have not had many other chicken biscuits, but the chicken was so good. And the biscuit was amazing. We whipped some jelly on that. I think it was raspberry we pulled out of your fridge. Uh, and that was just that was just amazing. And then uh, we also got some biscuits and gravy, uh, which are also fantastic too. Um, it was a 10 out of 10 for me. Like I was, I was not expecting it to be so good. And then that first bite was magic. The, I think for me, the part that I enjoyed the most was the amount of chicken that you got on this biscuit. It was yeah. draped over this biscuit and it wasn't a small biscuit. It was just a massive fillet of chicken and I loved that. Like I don't want to I don't want to eat breakfast and leave hungry and I didn't thanks to the huge chicken but also the biscuits and gravy which were chef's kiss very tasty. Reed, what did you think? I'm going to agree with Brett here uh, and also think I'm going to agree with uh, Chris. 
this Martin's chicken biscuit was a one. It was exceptional. And before I continue, the only gripe that I have, uh, I'll give it a nine and a half out of 10. I need the biscuit to not fall apart. The biscuit was a little thin. Uh, it needs to be a, the biscuit. If the biscuit was a little fluffier, I think it would have been a 10 out of 10, but it, it cracked apart a little bit. I kind of had to piece it back together to finish my biscuit, but, uh, I feel like no biscuit can hold up to, it was literally a whole chicken breast. It's like a whole chicken I, I know, breast. It, like every side of the biscuit had chicken sticking out of it. It was amazing. So it was, it was impressive, but, uh, yes, very good. Martin's, um, for our Atlanta listeners or people that are traveling through 100%, uh, Martin's restaurant is after the snap approved. On the pod this week, we have Los Angeles Rams long snapper Matt Orzik, Super Bowl champ, joining us. This was Matt's first year in L.A. after spending some time in Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, and most recently in Tennessee. We are super pumped for Matt and pumped to have him on the pod this week. Let's get into it. This week, joining us on After the Snap, we have Super Bowl champ. Very fresh, very, very recent. Probably hasn't even taken the time to, to reflect on all of the, all of the things. We have Matt Orzik, long snapper for the Los Angeles Rams on with us. First of all, congratulations. Secondly, welcome to After the Snap. How we doing, man? Is it? Honor to be here. Thanks for taking a few minutes to hop on with us. We're obviously thrilled uh, for you, but also thrilled to have you uh, on the podcast. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it. What was it like when the clock hit zero? It was such a weird experience because it was just kind of a moment of disbelief. Just everything kind of froze. It was like, did we really just, we did it. Like, that's it, done. Like, we won? Really? <laughs> like, And everyone was just kind of looking around at each other and then it took probably a good minute before we started really celebrating with each other. So it was just kind of incredibly surreal feeling. Did the game feel any different for you? Like when you were actually playing the Super Bowl game? Like in terms of it versus every other football game? (laughs) Yeah. I guess the reason that I ask is like when, so when I played in the national championship, it, like everything around the game seemed so just big and made up and like, it was just this huge production. But when you're out there playing ball, it's, it, it didn't feel any bigger than any other game. So I guess that's the reason that I asked. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I really felt like it was just a normal game again. Once it really, you stripped away all the ceremony and all that stuff. I mean, for me, it felt kind of similar to like a wedding where it's like he built it up about all this extra stuff. And then at the end of the day, it's really just about you and your wife, you know, having a day. So it's, yeah, I'd say it's definitely more normal than you'd think. Right. And then, so, so following up on that, I, I would have to imagine that, that the celebration and everything after once it kind of hits you, you're like, okay, we, like we actually did it. Did it, did things just start moving in slow motion for you? Yeah, especially like that whole time when you're out there getting up on the stage for them, getting the MVP trophy out, the Lombardi. Yeah, everything just seems like completely stopped in time. And you're just so excited for everybody around you, all the guys on your team, because 
it was such a special group and everyone just really had an awesome connection with each other, just wholly supported each other. It was awesome. What do you remember most about like that celebration? Like, like what's, what's like a core memory that about that, that you're going to be like, man, like that was so much fun. Was it like hugging your wife? Was it, you know, being up there with the guys watching Cooper cup, get the MVP trophy. Like what was the, what was that moment? I'd say for me, it was definitely when my wife finally came down on the field because it really hits you. Cause I mean, she's just wearing her emotions on her sleeve. She was way more stressed out than I was probably the whole game. So it, it made it really real and it hit much harder once she saw me and jumped up on me. Just thinking kind of uh, rewind through the season. I mean, you know, you guys obviously played the Cincinnati Bengals kind of, well, at least in my mind, and I talked with Blake about this a little bit, it kind of seems like y'all obviously too, took a few different paths. You know, you guys were obviously bringing Stafford in, kind of viewed as one of the favorites from the NFC to make it all the way and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, right? Cincinnati, on the other hand, right, they, you know, Burrow tore his ACL last year, coming off injury, they won four games last season. They weren't, you know, just viewed in a different path, probably not expected, obviously, to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. At what point did you, you know, you, obviously the expectations were there. You know, everybody has, every team has ups and downs. What, when did it kind of click for you that you're like, you know, you know, this is, this is really real. We could make it to the Super Bowl. We're legit. You know, nobody's going to step in our way. It was probably really early in season. I mean, you guys started off I don't, what, I don't seven and two, maybe. Camp. Yeah, I'd almost say training camp where it felt like when you could just feel the energy of the team, the chemistry amongst all the guys, and then obviously the narrative outside of there's a chance to play a home Super Bowl. So all that stuff kind of combining and mixing together really had us set on that from the jump, and it really yeah. felt like a possible reality for us. I figured if you you know I figured it would it would have been pretty early on. Obviously, you guys had a star-studded lineup, but also you know you brought you know some superstars in. Pretty you know Von Miller, Odell, guys like that. Obviously, you lost Robert Woods. Love that guy. He was in Buffalo for a few years. Um, but yeah, it seemed like it seemed like probably pretty early on. Like you said, you guys would have realized that putting the ring on your finger at the end of the year was a very very realistic. Uh, goal to reach. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'd say the addition of Von Miller was definitely a huge thing in terms of just the confidence and the morale going forward once he came in, because that's a guy that's been there and done it at the highest level possible. So it just added a whole different voice to that equation. And he really kind of spoke it into existence for a guy, like a lot of guys that, you know, haven't been there because not many people have. So his confidence really speaking it in helped a lot. I feel like. Is he a pretty outspoken guy? Like, is he a vocal? I, I would have to think yeah. so as much as you see him, you know, out in, you know, all these different, he's on TV all the time doing all these different social media stuff. I'd have to imagine that he's, he's probably pretty vocal in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely vocal, just a blast to be around. Like, he loves every single teammate. Like he comes up to every single guy, practice squad specialists and immediately just fully implemented himself into the team. And like, he just has a blast out there playing football. So it's, it's honestly fun when you have a teammate like that. 
and then you just root for him immediately when he shows up. He's a big uh, farmer in the off season, uh, which is pretty greener awesome. pastures. Yeah, the yeah, that's pretty farm. neat. Um, yeah. Speaking of specialists, you guys had an awesome group in your specialist room this year. Did you guys like? How did you feel like you were able to make an impact and I mean help make that difference that ended up with the Super Bowl ring? For me, I mean, I'm coming in trying to fill Jake McQuaid's shoes, who's been there with Johnny for a long time. Uh, so there's that kind of pressure and expectation on the position already that you're going to show up and handle your business. Um, but then between Johnny and Matt, both of those guys are extremely supportive, fun, focused. Um, and it was extremely natural for us to all fit together and enjoy working together, which is all you can ask for as a specialist. I'd be lying if I said that y'all's trio picks didn't, it didn't, uh, inspire our, uh, our, our specialist Halloween <laughs> pick when we had our dad, our dad outfits on. So. Kudos to you guys for, uh, for keeping that up all season. So, um, kind of bringing it back to Sunday and the couple days following. Have you had a chance to kind of sit back and reflect? I know the parade was, you know, on, on, uh, yesterday or the day before, you know, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the work and the practice that you do to reach that goal. Has, Has it, has it kind of set in? I know you said it took a few minutes after the, the, the clock hit zero for you to kind of realize that you did it. But, you know, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, you, you, you guys achieve something that everybody that plays this game works for. Has it kind of set in officially yet? It has and it has. It's definitely been kind of a marinade thing going on where every now and then it really hits you. Where it's like, dude, that was, that's something really special that we're one of 56 Super Bowl winning teams with that story now. And that connection and that brotherhood is going to last forever. I mean, so every now and then it hits a little bit harder. And another day, you know, it's a normal day. So you're changing diapers and hanging out with family. So it's, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> a crazy <laughs> oscillation between like this incredible high and this like, ah, it's, just, you know, it's a normal day. It's crazy. You know, so it's, it's been a blast to experience that in itself. You didn't start your career in Los Angeles. You were at Jacksonville, maybe Tennessee, and then now here. Can you run us through a little was, bit about? He was in Miami with me for a little bit on the, oh, the peace squad. Yeah. Uh, okay, that yeah. wasn't on my notes. I'm yeah. sorry, uh, but yeah. so you're bouncing well, I mean, around from a couple of teams, uh, and now yeah. do you feel like, you know, how did you stay motivated to get to a place like LA? But now do you feel like you've maybe found a home in LA? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a heck of a journey between starting out in Baltimore as a training camp um, and being there just to learn what it's like to be an NFL specialist and getting picked up to Jacksonville, having, you know, your first NFL offseason experience and, you know, kind of struggling with understanding the workload and how to train and then losing out your job the next year. And then last year bouncing around on peace squad between the Dolphins and the Titans. Um, so, for me, I just kind of took ownership of everything and every setback of what can I learn from it and then how can I control things differently going forward. Uh, so kind of every setback I feel like helps me a lot in the long run because it just helped me understand more things about myself and how I can prepare better, how I can manage myself. Uh, 
So like, I never really took much personally. I just kind of owned my hand in it ultimately and then what I can do to make sure it doesn't happen that way again. Uh, and I definitely feel as if LA is the home because it's just such an awesome group of guys to be around, an awesome organization. And I mean, obviously winning the Super Bowl doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> it just makes it all better. <laughs> what will your off season kind of look like now? You're obviously um, starting it <laughs> later than everybody else. Um, what, you know, we, we, you know, I know you got a baby boy. Are you guys taking a celebratory trip anywhere? Was there any plans to travel around? Uh, well, we bought a house this year in South Carolina. So most of it's nice. going to be spent moving and congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. Yeah. For the most part, trying to keep it pretty low key since I feel like the, the rush of all this year has been plenty of celebration and me and my wife to get away don't really need to go anywhere. We can just kind of keep it low key and enjoy just being around each other with nothing else to do on the schedule, you know? So nice. nothing crazy planned this year. Matt, something that I wanted to um, ask you about is, is your faith um, is obviously something that's, that's very important to you. Um, I know Cooper cup is a, is a strong believer. Um, how do you feel like that the Lord has um, blessed your team this year? And, and um, were there any moments where, you know, you felt like that this was, this was your season in a somewhat of a supernatural way. Um, I would just say for a lot of guys, it's just kind of their entire story coming together at one time this year where everybody's been through so much. And even the guys that were going through a lot, like, uh, you know, Robert Woods having that knee injury and the way he was still able to rally around the receiver room, the offense and other guys. Uh, to encourage them and still be an amazing teammate. So I think it helped. I mean, your faith has a lot to do with where you get your value from. And so a lot of guys don't put their entire value in being a football player and being a a human and a Christ follower. So I think that it translates a lot into who they are in the locker room and a lot of guys on the team. It makes an obvious impact because, like you said, Coop isn't doing these things for – his glory and winning a triple crown, the MVP and all that stuff. He's just doing it because he finds joy in maxing out his talents that he's been giving and being an amazing teammate. And you can just see it in the way that he responds to getting the spotlight and the glory. He just, he doesn't really want it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not yeah. why he's doing it. It's just a byproduct of the things he is doing. Um, and then just to finish off our interview, uh, what is some advice that you might give to younger snappers who are coming out or guys that are uh, in the position that you are in where you're trying to find a home or just trying to find a team? Uh, what's your advice to some of the young guys? Uh, I think I would just say be where your feet are and, you know, don't put blame on anybody else because at the end of the day, getting into the league or even into a big time, big time college is kind of luck of the draw and having the right eyes see you in the right moment. So you just have to be where your feet are, control what you can control. Um, and just keep plugging away for the right reasons. If you're doing it because you want that glory of being a big time snapper, you probably won't get it. You know, it's a very fleeting motivation. 
So just know why you're doing what you're doing and own your hand in the process. Man, Matt dropping the wisdom on the last two questions. I love it. <laughs> love that, man. Love that. That was a great <laughs> answer. Amazing. Well, Appreciate it, guys. this has been a ton of fun, man. And, and obviously, congratulations again. This is a huge, huge, huge moment for you. And um, I, I want you to just bask in it as, as long as you want to. So um, <laughs> congratulations. Thanks for joining the pod and enjoy your offseason in South Carolina. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here, man. It's been fun. Well, that is our interview with Matt Orzik, long snapper for the Los Angeles Rams. We had an absolute blast having him on this week. And I got to say that last quote about being where your feet are, that is a great reminder that I think we all need to uh, keep in our back pocket. With that being said, we got time for one final thought. My one final thought this week, uh, I'm going to keep it short. I've, I've been a little long on these, uh, but I'm going to keep it short. I've been a longtime user of body soap, body wash. I know that sounds weird, but I'm referring to the uh, body wash that's like in liquid form. And I recently have been doing a lot of research because I guess I have been summoned into the target market of Dr. Squatch bar soaps. This happened a long time ago. Uh, I've been on the bar soap game for uh, probably about a year now. Um, But I just have to shout out one time to bar soap because the research is true. The liquid body wash is not very good for you. It kind of, uh, it's, it kind of damages your skin over the long run. So I just wanted to give one shout out to bar soap and the bar soap gang we're here. I'm the prez of the bar soap gang. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I got. No free ads, no free ads. My one final thought for the week is a reflection on Andrew Whitworth and his Walter Payton man of the year speech. For those who don't know what the Walter Payton man of the year is, it is arguably the, actually it is, it is definitely the best, and most highly touted award that you can receive individual award that you can receive in the NFL. And it is a culmination of being a great player, being a great teammate, being a great member of your community. And Andrew Whitworth has been that in Cincinnati for however long he was in Cincinnati and now in Los Angeles for the past few years. And so he, he received that this year. And during his speech, he talked about how community service has been such an important part of what he has tried to bring to the table over his entirety of his career in the NFL. But what really brought it together for him and, and made it come full circle was when he was playing against the Lions, either this year or last year, And there was a player for the Lions that came up to him, like ran over to him after the game. And he was like, I was kind of nervous because I wasn't sure if I was like supposed to know who this guy was. But the player, his name's Derek Barnes. He came up to him and he said, he said, hey, Wit, I know you probably don't know who I am, but I just got to tell you, I'm I'm super appreciative of you because you came to 
the boys and girls club when you were in Cincinnati and I was in whatever sixth, seventh grade and you spent time with us and you encouraged us to achieve greatness and just reach for every dream that you have. And he said, big wit, I've made it. And when he, when he was giving that speech, they showed at the award show, Derek Barnes sitting in the crowd, like listening to this. And I got goosebumps, like probably one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed live, like ever. And I just had to give a huge kudos to Andrew Whitworth, LSU grad, go Tigers, NFLSU, um, for his work that he does in the community and just share that, that anecdote because I thought that that was really, really special. Congrats to Big Wit. And that's uh, amazing. It reminds me of seeing uh, Joe Burrow introducing himself to the Rams players during the game, during the Super Bowl. I saw that NFL Films clip. Uh, my final thought is, of course, food. Evidently, I always talk about food. Reed and I, when we were hanging out last, finally had Raisin Cane's. We finally did it. Uh, it was a long-held promise, so I would finally get it. And I passed it a few times in Ohio, going up to Buffalo, and I've always been like, I just don't think it's going to be right. So when we were down visiting you, we ran and got some Raisin Cane's, and I didn't even know what to order. And I saw the menu, and there's only four items. And it's really one item. It's just chicken tenders in four different forms. The sandwich is just chicken tenders yeah, it's, on it's bread. About- it's about how much, how how many chicken tenders you want. Sorry, I know, exactly. this a, I know this is a monologue, yeah. but I had to like, it's amazing. So literally I just told Reed, he's like, do you know what you want? And I was like, I just order. So I come home and he's just like, or he came back with it uh, after get, going to get it. I was watching the dogs and he was just like, he's like, yeah, you don't choose what you want at Raising Cane's. You choose how much you want. Uh, so we crushed a whole bunch of tenders, some bread, some toast, I guess. It's not bread, it's toast and uh, in the cane sauce. And I can say I lived up to it, man. Uh, I don't know if, if I should eat that very often, uh, but I will say I will enjoy it when I do, especially that toast in the in the cane sauce. That was probably my favorite part. Chef's kiss with music to my ears. Something that if you want to be a true, like, fat boy with a with an eye like fat boy um is to get is to ask for butter on both sides of the toast and they charge you an extra 30 cents but it is 30 cents that you will not regret spending if you want to be a true fat boy you'll get you'll get no slaw extra toast with butter on both sides so oh i was almost there i don't think i had butter on both sides but i had everything else right Greed does not lead me astray on food. You will not find bad food recommendations in anywhere in this podcast. Well, that's all the time we've got. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of After the Snap. Next week, we will be featuring Avery Atkins, kicker, punter, kickoff specialist, former high school safety. He does it all, folks. He will be on the pod with us next week. This has been After the Snap, Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life Upside Down.